0: Welcome to Light Steps Live. Our mission is to open the Word of God to edify the believer and evangelize the world. That people who follow Jesus can walk in the light as He is in the light. Now, let's turn our attention to God's Word.
1: Howdy friends and welcome to today's episode of Light Steps Live, where we are going to jump right into our fourth episode in the Jude series and our Part 3 of The Ways of a Destroyer. Episode 1 was an introduction, and then we started a series within the series on the book of Jude called The Ways of the Destroyer, and we're on part 3 of that series inside the series. Today, we're going to look at the godless exposed through character and deed, and we're going to go back and visit verse 4 again. And we're going to look at what these certain people are like. And then we're going to see some illustrations of how this uh, has worked in the world. And ultimately, there are metaphors for how to work throughout all eternity. So let's jump in. Jude chapter number one, verse number four. For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation. Ungodly people until the judgment of the great day. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued a natural desire, serves an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. Wow. Man, this guy right here just does not pull any punches. God bless him. Jude uh, just comes out swinging and, and he never lets up. Um, he hits on three things in verse number four that I think are critical in identifying some of the general characteristics of the ungodly. The first thing he, he nails them for, as you saw in the scripture, is he says that they are ungodly people. Well, that's what we've been saying, right? But what does that mean? In essence, the simplest way to say it is that an ungodly person is a person that is devoid of reverence. You ever thought about that? Somebody's just devoid of reverence. Um, it is it is like the person who w- would say um, nothing is sacred. You know, the, the 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 true atheist, the person that says uh, I don't I don't believe there's an there's a God above. I don't believe. There's, um, there's ultimate consequences. I don't believe there's a heaven to go to or a hell to escape from, nor do I believe there's a, a, a hell to endure or a heaven to enjoy. And, and so when you run into somebody like that, it's a little shocking. Somebody who actually says, I don't believe in, in God and, and, uh, I don't see any need to, to reverence him in any way. The problem here, though, is you got people who are ungodly in reality, but put up the front of godliness. That's what, that's what Jude says. He says these people have crept in, ungodly people. In other words, you might say they claim truth verbally, but they don't live it in reality. That's what an ungodly person is. And, uh, to say they're devoid of, of reverence, sometimes it's like, they this sort of person has all the right verbal words but their life their heart their emotions their mind their habits are actually devoid of that reverence and um i can't tell you how many times i I've, I've been in some situation where you know outwardly i thought i was dealing with a believer until until i i saw through behavior that i you know i'm if i'm dealing with a believer they sure are having a bad run here that's what i thought but it's likely they're not a believer because just, just being devoid of that reverence. And, uh, I think that alone is descriptive enough, but Jude goes on from there to say that they're not only ungodly persons, but they're persons who pervert grace into sensuality. Now, of these three things, some, some ungodly person may be more ungodly in one way or the other or or they may be more ungodly in two ways rather than all three could be all three i'm not saying you'll always see them prominently out front all three of these characteristics ungodly pervert grace deny the lord but i'm saying they all work hand in hand and some in some form or the other when you're dealing with an ungodly person at least one of these are going to be in the forefront uh if not all of them so Perverting grace into sensuality. Now that's, that's a phrase right there. And you want to talk about something you see going on this, these days, that phrase, pervert grace into sensuality. People who, who, who in essence excuse sin by claiming grace. That's heavy stuff. Excusing sin by claiming grace. Uh, people will say like, you know, yeah, I know the Bible says such and such, but what about the grace of God? You know, um, the Apostle Paul would say he doesn't take the grace of God in vain, but an ungodly person will. An ungodly person will use the excuse of the unmerited favor of God, the kind forgiveness of God, the compassion of God through Christ Jesus to excuse sin and sinful behavior. And, uh, you know, I could give you examples about that all day long. All you got to do is... Pull up pretty much any hot topic social issue going on right now, and then find the so-called Christian view that agrees with it. Um, uh, these days, I hear the word a lot of times: progressive, um, progressive Christianity. Um, hmm. If it ain't progressing toward the holy hill, then it's then it's regressing into the fires of hell. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you that. And there's a lot of people these days who are sneaking into the Christian life and they claim a lot of things are okay just because of the grace of God. So ungodly people sum it up by saying they're devoid of reverence. Those people who pervert grace into sensuality will sum it up by saying they excuse sin uh, by claiming grace. And then uh, to me, what, what feels like the worst one and is really the other two I feel like could be couched inside of this is it says they deny our only master and Lord jesus christ and i think it's really critical here to say that jude names master and lord it means he has the position of authority and he has the the you know like the job title of authority he is the lord he's the big boss but he's also the master that means he's directly bossing and so if we're going to sum this up i think we could sum it up by saying these are people who are committed to self-rule and when you put all those together, that is quite a package. When, when the, when, when Jude says, listen, there's some people sneaking in, creeping in. There are some people who are, are, who are undermining our work, who are infiltrating our ranks, who are, who are sneaking around and getting in here. And here's, well, here's how you kind of identify these people. They're, they're ungodly. They don't really reverence God. They they pervert grace. They excuse sin in the name of of grace, and and then they're just self-rule people. They're not going to let let Jesus be the boss of them. I'll, I'll never forget sitting in a Bible study one time, and and this was all this all went down real peaceful, and somebody started telling this testimony in the middle of the Bible study about how they were not going to let somebody uh, run over them. And uh it was one of those cases where they, they were just vehemently defending themselves on an the issue that they really were going so far in defending themselves that they were, you know, I, I hate to say it like this, they were they were dropping godliness in the pursuit of self-defense. And so I, I just sort of said, you know, do you do you see that what you're doing here is is going against how Jesus would say to handle a situation like this. And the person said, this is exactly what they said. It says, well, my daddy taught me to do such and such. And I I said, wait a minute. Now, uh, my daddy taught me to do a lot of things, too. And some of those things agree with what the Lord Jesus would teach us to do. And some of those things don't agree with what the Lord Jesus would teach us to do. And I said, what I'm having to learn to do is to identify the places where my earthly dad taught me well and to praise God for that wonderful example and teaching. And to also hear me now to also identify those places where I was not taught well and to call it what it is and forsake it. And uh, th- this person in the middle of this this study just said, "No way! This is what my daddy taught me, and this is what I'm going to do, and this is how it's going to be." And so uh, uh, I was like, "Whoa, man, um, that's crazy!" And so uh, w- w- we see this in so many ways, where, where somebody will say, "I love Jesus," but they won't let Jesus be the boss. Well, you put that package together: no reverence. Sensual. That means there are feelings following people. Uh, they're they're not a transcendent worldview person. In essence, there are feelings following people who says, "I'm going to do what I want to do." Wow! I cannot tell you, my dear friends, how much how much this is normal in American Christianity. I think if you just take a look around ask god to give you a holy spirit antenna there and open the scriptures i think it's easy to see how this sort of mentality and attitude and approach to christian life is crept in so deep in american particularly southern christianity that this sort of mess is the norm it's just the norm and so um I think the best summation of this sort of thinking is actually found in Titus chapter one. Uh, I wanna it's really verse sixteen, but I want to read fifteen and sixteen together. Titus 1, 15 and sixteen it says, To the pure, all things are pure, but to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But both their minds and consciences are defiled. They profess to know God. Get this now. Get this. Listen to me. They profess to know God. But deny him by their works. The second half of Titus 1:16 says this: they are detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. Whoa, Nelly. So there you have a there you have character exposed. And we see this this can be the sort of person who, who knows all the words to the song, but they sure enough don't know how to do the dance. And Jude clearly says these sort of people just creep in. Wow. Well, then he goes on and gives three contemporary metaphors for the purpose of illustrating eternal realities. And he basically, basically says, here's what apostasy looks like. Here's what it looks like when a, when a person or a group, uh, renounces their religion and walks away from it. Uh, and, and another way of saying that, you know, an apostate is someone who knows What they, you know, ought to say and do, but don't always put all that together. And they, in, in, you know, they walk away. And so some cases people walk away verbally and physically. The worst cases are those who have crept in and keep saying the right words, but they don't have the right attitude and actions behind it. They don't reverence. They are sensual. They are self ruled. So it gives three examples. First example it gives is, uh, and I, and I, and I'm using, I'm using some wording right here exactly from John MacArthur. He called it apostate Israel. And he gave the example of how Israel in, in verse number five, Israel is freed from Egypt, um, miraculously, amazingly freed from Israel, but they don't really want to obey the Lord. And, uh, I would tell you that the, the, the place to, to see that summed up the tightest is in, uh, Numbers 14, beginning around verse 26. You can see what apostate Israel looks like. They, um, they actually don't want to obey God and, and God just says, okay. So out of, out of all the people that I'm going to call grown and accountable, there's only two people out of all of y'all. This is Tim Bose's paraphrase. That's, that's Joshua and Caleb. Out of all y'all folks who are grown enough to know better, only Joshua and Caleb, uh, will obey me. So here's what I'm going to do. Everybody over 20, you're going to wander around here for 40 years and you're not going to enter the promised land. The only two folks who are going to go into the promised land who are currently over 20 years old are Joshua and Caleb. And, um, and wow, that whole account is, is, well, you know the story, guys. That whole account is over the course of Exodus numbers deuteronomy leviticus then you got to go on into joshua and see that story unfold but that's apostate israel and that's the example we get in verse number five he says i want to remind you it's like y'all should know this but let me remind you don't you remember that that people that that uh that that god saved out of the land of egypt egypt but afterwards he he destroyed them. he's like oh so you, you you know you you guys got delivered but you don't love your deliverer okay the second example he gives us of some apostate angels and we don't know for sure what particular story he's referencing here um uh again john macarthur uh gave three examples he says it could be a reference that only jude knows about and that his audience doesn't know about but that's kind of unlikely and it could be referencing in the original fall of satan uh But John MacArthur thought the more likely example is in reference to Genesis chapter 6 verses 1 through 4 where where angels were mingling intimately with mankind. And and John MacArthur says that's more likely what he's referring to in verse number 6 when Jude says... Uh, and the angels who do not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling. He has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness into the judgment of the great day. In other words, they got some pre judgment judgment, pre big J judgment, little J judgment. <laughs> in other words, they, they have already uh, landed where, where they were going to ultimately land. Um, and not everyone else has done that. Uh, and then and then the apostate Gentiles and he he holds up the story in Jude 7, uh, verse number seven of Sodom and Gomorrah, which is a crazy, crazy, crazy story. Just go read Genesis chapter 19 sometime. Crazy story of what all that goes down with Lot and a couple of angels who are cloaking their angelic presence and they come into this town. And oh, my goodness. And the people uh, just like he says, he says it in a really nice way. Uh Here in, in Jude chapter one, verse seven, he says that in Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, in other words, these are apostate Gentiles says in these, these areas, they indulged that meant, you know, like they just did it wide open. They indulged in sexual immorality and there's a whole scope of sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire. Wow. In a hyper sexualized culture like America is, we ought to hear this verse. What's the point of all this, though? Well, you, you guys should know he, he, he judged Israel in the wilderness and didn't let all of them go into the promised land. He has cast some angels into gloomy darkness ahead of the final judgment and he totally destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. These are contemporary metaphors that illustrate eternal realities. God just is not Gonna deal with uh, the godless forever. He's not gonna contend with the godless forever, and so Jude gives us the character, at, which sort of unfolds the deeds of these folks. But then he also he also gives us three examples that we can see, like, hey, God's not gonna fool around this mess forever. The ways of a destroyer are slick and scheming, but they're always their character is always exposed through their deeds. Not just through their words And we gotta be on watch out Why? Because according to Paul As he wrote to Titus These kind of folks are detestable and disobedient And they're unfit for any good work And they totally tear up the church And we need to identify it And we need to face it And we need to deal with it More than anything We need to not be caught unawares by these schemes Thank you guys for listening to today's podcast. I look forward to being with you soon. Thank you for joining us on Light Steps Live
0: today. My name is Katie Bose, and the rest of our production team is Andrew Liggett, Shannon Allen, and Steve Riley. music provided by Banjo Ben Clark. Connect with Banjo Ben at banjobenclark.com. Light steps live is a listener supported podcast would you be interested in sponsoring light steps live go to our website lightsteps.live to contact us or make your donation while you're visiting our website check out the light steps blog for a short daily devotional tim bows is a pastor of east rock community church and the executive director of my life matters a gospel ministry with a focus on making disciples who become lifelong followers of jesus Discover more about My Life Matters at mylifematters.club